Washington Huskies turned on the defense in the second half to shut out Utah, second half only, after not stopping them at all in the first half, and they won their latest test on their march through kind of the ranked teams in the conference. Uh, Oregon uh, got out comfortable against USC, but it ended up being a eight-point, game late, uh, but Oregon wins to kind of stay on track for the Oregon-Washington rematch in the Pac-12 title game. And how about the Beavers? One week ahead of Washington, they absolutely put the wood to Stanford, 62-17. to We're going to talk about all that more in this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick this week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. And once we've started recording, they can't stop us. We've done it. This show's as good as done. Uh, We're going to start off last week with... I mean, let's do Stanford and Oregon State out of the gate, even though that was kind of a a later game, to my recollection. Yeah. Oregon Oregon State found their offense. Put it, put it to Stanford. Yeah, and it wasn't like an overwhelming uh, passing attack uh, from DJ Uagalele. Uagalele. Pretty close. I'm getting there. Um, just say all the vowels. Uh, but, yeah, just the ground game. I mean, we're talking about 277 yards on the ground. They did get 321 through the air. Not, I mean, a, I don't know what this Aiden Childs situation is. He's the future of their quarterbacking scenario. Okay. And we got to see a little cameo at the end from a starter last year, Ben Golbranson. If you remember him. Who could forget him? Who could forget him, dude? He's just like, a, you know, they have a bunch of guys and they're like, you know, I speaking of him, I don't know. This is probably unfair to Sean Mannion, but Sean Mannion still bouncing around the league, the NFL. I saw him on, like, on somebody's depth recently. Really? Yeah. Still guy's like, gonna get like he's gonna have a super nice pension when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, I got a t- best job in the world, two and a half on the quarterback depth chart. Yeah, just hang on to that. Mm. League minimum, sure. Yeah, whatever. Do, bet you play so much golf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the in terms of offensively, we've got the two-headed monster of Deshaun Fenwick and Damian Martinez. Martinez almost. You know, 9.7 yards a carry. He was outdone by Fenwick, who had 12.2 yards a carry. Uh, This is... Oregon State poses problems. Well, yeah, when you can both efficiently run the ball and pass the ball, that is how offense is meant to be played. That's that's, that's how you want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway. So, I mean, they look very strong. You know, I mean, like every week that passes, you're kind of like, how do these guys lose... To WSU. Yeah. Peak. That was peak WSU. That was like the, the highlight of their whole season, right? They had just, they had just gone off an undefeated. Uh, I think that was also their last win. Um, they had just come off an undefeated non-conference slate and uh, had the battle on the Palouse and they, they won it and uh, have not, have not sniffed a victory since then. Yeah. And Oregon State on the other hand, they, you know, they beat Utah convincingly. Uh, they've looked good against everybody, man. They they had a, they've had the season that like a normal good team in the Pac-12 de, uh, does outside of that WSU game, which is that they're beating everybody and then lost on the road in the desert. There you go. That's that is like a a very vintage uh, 
Pac-12 operation there by them. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we'll talk more about them when we preview the Washington game. Next up, let's do Arizona and Colorado. Uh, this was a bigger spread in this game, wasn't it? Like nine, nine and a half, something like that for Arizona. Buff said, no, we're having a ball game. Uh, Arizona needs 10 points in the fourth quarter to win by a field goal, 34 to 31. Uh, Arizona, good. They're just continuing being a good Pac-12, good, like, second-tier Pac-12 team. I mean, and, and like, pushing first-tier, right? I mean, like, Fish is getting it done. They, you know, yeah, they didn't beat Colorado by a huge number, but I don't know that that matters. I mean, right now, and where they're at in the rebuild, second year with him, like, fantastic. They they came in there, kick a field goal at the end to win it. Like, they're, like, great, great season they're having. Yeah, and those uh, yards per carry numbers that were uh, enjoyed by the Oregon State running backs, uh, Arizona's Jonah Coleman, not impressed. He had 11 carries for 179 yards. That's 16.3 yards of carry. Uh, and what's, I would say, more encouraging, you know, besides getting the win for Arizona, is that this was the first game they've had in a minute where Noah Fafita was, like, kind of, like not, you know, like a 300-yard guy. Yeah. So yeah. they went I mean, balanced, still got their 400 yards of offense with 200 on the ground. Gotta love it. We gotta love it. We're forced to. We have no choice but to. Uh, next up, Washington State and California. The Cougs, they were 4 0. They come into this game 4 and 5. They leave it 4 and 6. Uh, man, Cal. Cal, you know, when we get done with this season, we're going to be like, man, they scored 40 points a bunch. They win 42 to 39. Yeah, I mean, they put up what? They put up 49 points on USC. They, you know, like defense has not been their specialty this year, but they, their offense, after years of not having the ability to get a coherent offensive scenario going, they've they've done okay for themselves this year. They You actually sort of feel like they're kind of on the come a little bit, but it's just because it's like Wilcox is like 15th year there, you know, it, it you kind of wonder if he's ever going to really turn the corner. Like, it's a little late in the game for him is what I'm saying. But yeah. they do sort of feel like they're on the come right now with, with what they've got going. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd be interested to see where, if Jade Knott's still playing football there next year. I doubt he is. I doubt he is also. Um, what, un, what I mean, like, if you look at the yardage stats from this game, it's actually like WSU had a, like a decided advantage. Like, we're talking – over 475 yards of offense in Cal was like just, you know, like they outgained him by 150 yards, but WSU turns the ball over four times. That's one interception and three lost fumbles. And Cal put it on the ground a couple of times or put it on the ground a handful of times. Uh, but WSU only recovered two. And you have to say, there's your, you know, give me one of those back and maybe we can find a field goal out of this. Can't find it, man. They can't the find Cougs, it. Cougs can't find much these days. Yeah. I'll leave. We'll do the uh, – maybe we'll talk about the – very quickly if you want to do like a lawsuit recap during the break. No, I do all my – I do all my law school ch- – or uh, law, lawsuit shenanigans uh, arguing with people on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, none of these results so far are a shocker, but here's one that was pretty surprising. Arizona State – in Pasadena uh, against UCLA. UCLA for a second maybe looked sort of okay. This is a bad loss for UCLA. 17-7 to 7 Arizona State wins. 
Yeah, and and um, you know, the the reporting this week is that Chip Kelly is likely to be fired at UCLA. How obviously could he not. not be? Well, and yeah, obviously not as the result of a, a single game, but never has been able to get it going at UCLA. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, another another feather in the cap for R five uh, Dillingham. Uh, you know, and they got to say that Arizona State also feels like a team that's on the come. It really does suck that this is the end of the conference because everything's like they're kind of all trending in the right direction. Everyone's good. Like this could be like a kick ass conference next year if these teams. Yeah, like, like the only teams that are going bad are are UCLA, Stanford's just kind of in the muck. WSU for sure. But WSU, I feel like they had so much momentum. If they had a place to land next season, and then like. You know, because, like, if you knew you were going to be playing major conference football next year and maybe you lose the first two of those games in their streak and you're like, well, hell, you know, we still have a chance to finish with a good conference record. Uh, but now it's like we don't know who we're playing next year. We Like, the, the good ones of us are very likely to be gone, at which their coach is openly admitting to the media. Uh, and basically saying we can't afford to keep the good players that we have and we can't afford good ones to replace him. Yeah, it's not great. It's not. I mean, it's just good. It couldn't be worse for them, man. But uh, I guess, well, I'll, I'll just say my limited understanding of what this lawsuit is, is that uh, WSU had filed in Whitman County uh, to uh, basically get a court to say that WSU and Oregon State are the Pac-12 now, and they get to make all the decisions because everybody else declared an intent to leave. And Washington somehow becomes essentially you know like the adverse party in this i don't know why we're leading the way on this we couldn't have gotten like uh utah to done something you know yeah i mean they all joined they all joined the thing with us yeah well it's got to be our name you know it's it's like lawyers for the university of washington yeah i mean it's our state i guess it makes sense but like i don't know it's obnoxious okay you could have gotten like lawyers for the you know consortium or whatever for that's the defectors. Fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so uh old old Judge Coog over there says, Coogs and Beeves, it's all yours. You're you do everything. You're in charge. Washington says you're gonna steal all the money. And the WSU judge says Sale of And now it's on appeal up to the Supreme Court, where I'm sure one of the grounds for appeal is gonna be this freaking judge was the former president of the cougar athletic fan club or whatever he probably shouldn't be making substantive decisions about this yeah (laughs) which i would say 99 percent of the time is not a very compelling argument at you know the appellate level in this particular instance might be um so we'll see what happens the thing the thing that i keep pointing out just like anybody else at wsu's in front of them all the time yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the thing that I keep pointing out to anyone on on Twitter who wants to argue with me about it, which is a lot of people actually, yeah, um, is that like the transfer portal opens in like a month, and this is still going to be up on appeal when the transfer portal opens, and so if you're WSU and Oregon State and you don't have a deal and all this money's locked up in escrow still and nobody knows what's going to happen with it, just like you just said, talking about WSU, the players don't know who they're going to play next year, where they're going to play next year, how that's going to work. It's it's terrible for them. Like time is not on their side. They have got to do something to get this situation resolved as quickly as possible. Yeah, so like leverage can... wise, they're in about as strongest position as they're going to be 
ever going to be for the now, next two for the weeks. next like month or two next get month. something done so that you can either join a conference or or get you know ironic ironically keep the money or whatever that you're trying to keep from the defectors because they the left and ruined the con- conference and then online. and then take that money and go wreck another conference because that's what you're going to do you're going to go buy the buyouts from the mountain west teams that you want to join your conference you're the pack conference um, what? And then you're gonna are re- we so sure these teams would do this? I think they would for the fine. I think the economics make sense for them to do it. To be like, we're the packet. Here's the deal: we're going to get you a TV deal that gets you fifteen to twenty million dollars a year, or even ten. I think if you got them ten, it would double up where they're at right now. Yeah. And so. then we got there. You know, like the networks are going to need something in this late window. Yeah. Yeah. It's just ironic to me that they're upset about. All these 10 yeah. wrecking the conference and really specifically Washington, again, taking a lot of the heat for that. And it's like the whole plan that you have is to go do that same thing to a different conference now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's different. Nobody cares about the Mountain West. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. As just as nobody else cared about the Pac-12. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, it may, it, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So uh, good, you know, good, good win for the Cougs. They needed it. Yeah, yeah, in court. <laughs> I get that one. In court. The field, still a problem. Uh, USC and Oregon. Here's a game. Interesting to see, you know, there's a lot of, as, we, as we're as we in, like, college football playoff ranking season, you know, uh, it's like you're all, you know, you're starting to look at, like, common opponents, and if Washington did something against somebody, then, you know, Oregon, I think the vibe from Eugene, you know, we got USC at home. USC just fired their defensive coordinator. We're going to kill them. We're going to beat them by more than Washington did. They ended up beating them by a little less than Washington did. One point, to be exact. Um, but, you know, I mean, Bonex was awesome. 400 yards, four touchdowns. You know, I forget, comfortable in the end. I mean, I don't think, like, Oregon was ever, like, super worried about this game. They took a, you know, a touchdown lead into the break. They had a two-touchdown lead going into the fourth quarter, and they made it stand up. I think you got it. I mean, yeah, this wasn't a particularly compelling game. Oregon was always going to win it. They yeah. were ahead the whole time. They would probably feel like they should have won it by a little bit more. Yeah. Um, USC sucks, kind of. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, the final score sort of flatters it. So they everybody everybody wins, you know. And Except lastly, USC. Washington Huskies hosted Utah. This was the game of the week in the conference. Um Utah had two losses in conference play coming into the game, but they were still, you know, tiebreakery, depending on what happens with uh, Oregon the rest of the way, depending on what happens with Washington the rest of the way. Uh, you know, they, they had an outside shot at going to Vegas for the Pac-12 title game. Uh, in this game, the first half of it was uh, reminiscent of portions of the Washington-USC game where it's like no nobody can stop anybody here. Yeah. Um, and then the damnedest thing happened is that Washington went into halftime and their defensive coaches presumably moved some things around or something or just said, play better. And the guys were like, yeah, we should try that. And then, uh, Utah did not score a point in the second half of this game. And Washington tacked on 11 in the third and they win it by a touchdown. They, you know, could have been more. They dropped a pick six going into the end zone which is like a play that somebody has to make three times a decade so that everybody else can watch it on film and be like, you mother... 
I swear if you ever do this, you know, like somebody's got to be the guy. Unfortunately, it was a Washington guy that did it. But, you know, Utah had a guy do it against Oregon. Deshaun Jackson uh, famously did it. I think he's like the, the – I think he must have done it in the NFL. That's why that everybody remembers that one. I don't know. I don't know. You but can't, anyway, you can't do it, man. Deshaun Johnson and Kalen Clay – and then the Washington player does it. Uh, luckily for Washington, the ball ends up on the one-yard line. And on the next play, uh, Utah runs a deep developing running play uh, while neglecting to block for it. And Washington got a safety. Uh, we were right back in business. Probably the most uh, profound play that I can remember in terms of like the potential consequences of that. Because it was a five-point game. So first of all, that play does end up being the difference in the spread. Yeah. It does end up – it does – in Vegas, that mattered a lot. Oh, yeah. That he did that. Because Washington, as you mentioned, gets a safety on the next play, moves the margin of victory from five to seven points, but the spread was nine. So that that hurts if you're in Vegas and you're betting on this. Yeah. Uh, secondly uh, – it kept it kept the game as a one score game, meaning that you had no margin for error if you're Washington. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time the play happened, it was a five five point game, meaning that a touchdown beats you. Then after the safety seven point game, a uh, touchdown ties it, or if they go for two, it could beat you. Um, and the profound impact of that, the the playoff implications, the like you know the. The, the playing in the conference championship, like that happens every couple of times a decade, as you mentioned, but it doesn't happen in a game like that with what was riding on it in the stakes that were happening, like that were going on. The fact that, that UW's defense was able to pick him up, uh, Alfonso Tupatala, and still win the game, still win the game by a decent margin so that it looks good for the, you know, for the committee and whatnot. Um, really, really dodged a bullet there because it could have been one of the most profound mistakes like in the history of college football. Yeah. But, Not just uh, Washington, like in the history of college football. Like, Dodge the bullet they do, though. Uh, how about a third game over 100 yards for Dylan Johnson? Uh, this was like a more very workmanlike, you know, attack. He wasn't like outrageous in the yards per carry, but this was a tough Utah team. He, he certainly ran enough to keep him honest to get us hundred yards on 23 carries. That's like an NFL line. Um, yeah. and Penix, uh, 300 yards, couple scores ran for another one, you know, did enough to kind of keep him in the Heisman situation. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, in the first half of this game, I was like, how on earth can we not stop Utah? But Bryson Barnes, he looked like adequate dude. It was it was a disaster. The first the first half was a disaster. I was sitting there being like, "Why did I talk so much shit about this game last week?" Yeah, no, I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But yeah, but you know what I did? I did a uh, I did a shirt change at halftime because I had found this jersey that I had that I forgot where it was, uh, and so I was excited to wear that for the first half. But then I like got that thing out of there. I'm never wearing that on a game day again because I don't think the shirt has a good record. And I just went back to the shirt I've been wearing all year. And I'm going to say player of the game, maybe. Me. Worked. Totally yeah. worked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Roma Dunze. Dominant. Good player. Yeah. <laughs> Good football player, dude. Yeah. Uh, 
Only the three catches. How about 111 yards and two touchdowns? Not too bad. Not bad at all. Uh, still waiting for Jalen McMillan. They were saying he was warming up before the game, but he played like five plays. Okay, but just didn't see the ball. It was just he was a decoy. But yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and otherwise, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, it was a good good win for Washington. I was impressed by Utah, as I'm always like impressed by them because we beat them. You know, so the the air of good feelings continues between Washington and Utah from my perspective. There you go. We're never playing him again. Uh, any idea? We, we still got screen problems. They came back. Like it just magically came back like 10 minutes ago. I love it. So I can tell you exactly what's going on. Um, we all had a bad week. You went 0 6, I think. No, no. Yeah. It's going to cost you in standings. So now Levine is uh, three games ahead of you. Adam is one game ahead of you. Kellen is one game ahead of you. I am still behind you. Worm is still behind me. There we go. All right. On to the next. I'd say that's impressive to get in, a, you know, just a whole result one way or the other. That's hard to do. I mean, I think so, right? You were on UW. That that dropped uh, the fumble, cost you the cover there. And the missed field goal at the end. You were on Arizona to cover. That didn't help. Uh, you had the Cougs. That didn't that didn't work out. You had Stanford, uh, and Oregon State took them to the woodshed. You, you were the lone person in our crew that took UCLA. And then you had Oregon minus 15. So, yeah. There you go. I thought I was going to get free free money on that UCLA one. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they were so bad. You know, they started at third quarterback. Man, they got some injuries at quarterback. And if they fire Chip Kelly, they might uh, lose that Dante Moore character. Any, You know any universities in the Pacific Northwest uh, that are about to graduate their quarterbacks um, who are Heisman candidates? Yeah, I think I can think of a couple. Uh, yeah. What, <laughs> how's he run? Uh, how's he throw? Are we sure he's good enough? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be – I mean, we're going to get to decide that, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next week's slate of games. Let's start it off Friday night on FS1. We've got Coach Prime makes his debut in Pullman, Washington. Both of these teams, four and six, they started so brightly. Loser leaves town. I mean, neither of these teams is getting to bowl eligibility because they face Washington and Utah, respectively, in the last week of the season. But – one of them can lie to themselves for one week longer. WSU are four-point favorites in this game at home. Is this the last game for WSU, or is this let's get Colorado in here and they have a game to get to bowl eligibility? I'm not going to let last week's results where Colorado suddenly got competitive with Arizona sway me. I'm going to take the Cougs. I'm going to take the Cougs as well, and but I I think it's more of a heart pick than anything else. I think Colorado's, you know, they they have a future. I they think, do. You know, so long as you know Coach Prime's still coaching there next year, which is we are in silly season, you know, with like the Texas A&M job open. Yeah. Um, and you know many other firings soon. Have you know. Mississippi State, they don't have Coach Prime money, but uh, yeah, they are in the SEC. I mean, there are some opportunities here for, you know, coaches to triple their salaries. It's going to happen. I mean, Kalen DeBoer doesn't even have to leave his office and he can do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I did, you know, I did my part. I, uh,. The Troy Dannon or whatever his name is, the new athletic director at Washington, tweeted about something that was not about Kalen DeBoer getting a contract, and I made sure I got a little reply in there. 
steered the conversation in that direction. Yeah. Extend it, brother. That's what needs to be happening. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so second year in a row, not bad for Kalen DeBoer. You know, he showed up here. What was he making at when, on when he first got the deal, like three million or something? Yeah, he's went from three to like just over four to now he's probably gonna be at nine. <laughs> like, deservedly so. Nine and yeah. a big ass buyout, hopefully. Yeah. And then it's basically, like, I imagine him sitting down with his daughter and be like, "Listen, I know you are committed to playing here." This is so much money. All the rest of us are going to go to Texas. <laughs> yeah. And quite yeah. frankly, if you would like to go to Texas, you personally, not family, you personally are going to be the richest softball player in the history of the sport. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's about the that's about the size of it. So, if you would like to, you know, every athlete's dream, right? You know, make make a few million bucks playing the sport that you love. Yeah. I I know you're 17. Yeah. Listen to me. I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't say, so, like, I, nothing would shock me is what I'm saying. No, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. <laughs> Until ink is dry on an extension, I'm not, like, being, like, you know, going to be one of these people, why would he ever leave, dude? His daughter signed to play sports here. Who gives yeah, exactly a shit? Right. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares, dude. Okay. We're going to pay me four times as much money per year, and each one of those dollars is going to go way farther. Way yeah. farther. We have to live in an absolute armpit, but we're going to find the nicest place, nicest house in that armpit. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so we're both on, both on the Cougs. Next go. How about Utah and Arizona? Talk about a game. Talk the about a Pac-12 football game here. Game ass game. Arizona by one. How's I'm this taking... thing on the Pac-12 network? Nobody wants to pick this thing up. Two ranked opponents. Washington's going to lose one of its ranked wins this week because whoever loses this game is going to fall out of the rankings. But I'm, you know, I'm going to. We get, want I'm a close ride. Utah win. I'm gonna ride the Jed Fish wagon. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna stay on it. I feel like Colorado or uh, Colorado. I feel like Utah last week gonna take a lot out of their sales. Arizona's at home for this. They've got everything to play for. They won late last week. Utah second week in a row on the road. Their Pac-12 championship dreams crushed. It doesn't. It's just all trending Zona for me. Yeah, I mean Arizona's in the mix for the title game. I'm. I'm giving this. I'm gonna take Utah. I, I get. I mean, before the season, you're like, I get Utah in a point. That's a good pick, yeah. Uh, to play Arizona, um, yep. but yeah, I mean, if, if Arizona certainly has been for you know just in terms of surprise packages, the 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 most uh, you know the highest achieving team in the conference in terms of like what you thought they were going to do and what they've been actually doing. They still have a shot to get to Vegas, right? They they're right there on two conference losses with Oregon State, uh, looking up at Oregon and Washington. Be a big win for them. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, and then they'd have, what, you know, Territorial Cup or whatever they call it down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, against the Arizona State team that they have to feel like they have a shot against, a shot against winning. Uh, it uh, feels like 10 weeks before the end of the season, so UCLA and USC are going to play a game. Probably Chip Kelly's last game. USC 
doesn't have a defensive coordinator. Trojans are the home team, and they are favored by six and a half. And I'm going to take them to cover that. I'm going to take the Trojans too. I'm going to say that you know plucky effort in a loss against Oregon. They're worse than Oregon. You know, much like they're worse than Washington. So at least they're trying. We you know we are getting to the part of the calendar where where you're like somebody's going to go up to Caleb Williams and be like you know they're going to write you a check for this much money next year. I know you're getting paid pretty well this year. But you're going to get more next year. Yeah. And the only thing that can stop that from happening is uh, you leaving it all, all on the line in a game to secure Sun Bowl eligibility. Yeah. For so, sure. Why don't you uh, take a break, buddy? But not in the rivalry game, I wouldn't think, right? We're going to, we're going to pretend like this matters. He's going to play, for sure. Yeah. All right. I'll take you to see that one. How about Oregon and Arizona State? The Ducks go to the desert. Arizona State's been looking better. Oregon are massive favorites. I've uh, Oregon's going to win. Give me the Sun Devils. Too many points. I'm with you. ASU, it's 23 and a half points, which I I mean I wouldn't be shocked if Oregon won by that. I, I wouldn't be. Sh- I would expect them to win by 15 or 20 points. But ASU has played good defense this year. In particular, has played good run defense this year. Um, Oregon is a run first team, despite what. You would the the bow for Heisman stuff would have you tell you. I mean, Bucky Irving is really they're the heartbeat of that offense. Oh yeah, um, he's like the guy. If you stop him, you're doing okay against them. Which I would not be surprised if ASU is able to be relatively effective at doing that, and that will keep Oregon's offense from putting up asinine numbers. And so, while Arizona State's offense can't keep up with Oregon, uh, they'll put up some points. I think they'll cover this, and uh, Oregon will win. That's, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah. It's, it'd be interesting to try and sit down with some Big 12 fans and explain Arizona schools to them. You know, it'd be like, they're never going to win the league. Ever. You are going to live in terror of them. Always. You're going to, you're, you will never take anything for granted against the Arizona schools. You will you will be taught how to feel about them. Because just they're when not you think they're out. we got to reiterate that. They're not going to win a single thing. They're, they're not going to win a goddamn thing. But they're going to beat you. Yeah. And that's true for all of you. And you think that would mean that they're going to win the league. They will not. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Cal and Stanford. We got a big a big game. Is that what they call it? The game. The game. Yeah. It's a pretty terrible game. This actually, game this sucks. Year. Yeah. <laughs> these, these schools suck. They haven't been good forever. Uh I mean, which is hilarious to think that because like we, you know, we've been doing this for 15 years for probably 10 of these Stanford was like a consistent, like top of the conference team. And they're just nothing. Cal is favored by six and a half. I'm going to take Cal as we talked about earlier, their offense puts up lots of points. Stanford's does not. So I'm going to take Cal to cover this by more than a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, that's like the the only one of Washington's wins that I'm like, that was pretty shitty was the Stanford game where you're like, how do you let these bums score 33? Yeah, no. Like all and the this, other ones, I, mean, this, I can talk myself into them. This, the other stuff, I agree. I can talk myself into it. This would be the closest thing I would have to a lock. I would say would be this Cal Cal to cover this. Yeah, I like that <laughs> to weigh them all. I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say I li- I do like Arizona State a lot too. Uh, I like all my picks. I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna win them all. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Washington and Oregon State. What do you have for the line on this one? This keeps moving. I have an OSU minus two and a half now. That's what I'm seeing too. 
Opened at Washington minus two and a half. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Five points, five point swing. Vegas all in on the beefs. Yeah. I mean, this looks like, so first when you're going into the, what you're saying is if you're picking Oregon state in this game is that nobody in the 12 year or however long history of the PAC 12 as a 12 team conference has gone through the nine games undefeated. Washington is undefeated with two to play. Uh, they are going to be prohibitive favorites in the Apple Cup, which they are going to win the Apple Cup. That is like, the you know, we've talked about this for years. That's the one game that consistently Washington approaches with the attitude they should approach a lot of their games with, which is that we are so much better than them, we're going to kill them. And yep. it's embarrassing. Like, why are you even making us do this? We're mad that you're making us do this, and it's going to make us play better. So, Yeah. Um, so all that said, here's your loss, you know, here it is. Yeah. To the 11th ranked team in the country on the road and probably not just out of the uh, CFP top 10. They're spitting mad. They're spitting mad down there. They're one of the two schools in the conference that does not have a home and they blame UW for that. Washington. It's our fault. It's our fault. (laughs) How has Oregon managed to stay out of this? Nike marketing, man. Just Nike marketing is really powerful. It is so powerful, man. I like. I really think about that. Like, if I got, uh, you know, if I had like like the the God mode on everybody's like emails and texts, I feel like you'd see some things about like what you're supposed to be saying about Oregon. Yeah, yeah, no. So they they've stayed out of the line of fire. UW is not. I mean, Oregon State's not going to be happy with them either. They get them the week after, but. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a tough game. Uh, I think UW's gonna win it. I don't know why. I think that. Um, I think because uh, when I look at Oregon State's record, they did lose to WSU, but then like kind of low key, they like they haven't. You know, like they don't they don't tackle great. Their defense isn't actually as good as it you know would appear, and they just are a run first team on offense, which is like the one thing UW's defense has pretty consistently done well is shut down the run. Um, yeah. They've been super susceptible to quarterbacks, like turning Bryson Barnes into a good looking quarterback, which is inexcusable. Yeah. Um, but on, as far as running the ball goes, UW's defense has been okay at stopping the run. That's what Oregon state does better than anybody else. That's a strength on a strength. UW's offense is much better than Oregon state's defense. We'll see. I mean, rules of the pod. We're going to take you, Dub. I'm with you. This is the loss, right? If you're going to have one, it's going to be this. Um, should be should be fun. And I by fun, I mean, I mean horribly, emotionally wrecking and devastating and not enjoyable at all until the end, unless no, and then and then possibly horrible. Find a way to win. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, a couple things I wanted to say about this: that like Oregon State kind of trending for their positive momentum. The, the way they beat Stanford was different than anything they've done since they played UC Davis, you know? I mean, they they throttled them uh, in the in a manner that suggests they're a, a, like an actually good team rather than a team that has just, like, done well with the schedule in front of them. Um, you know, their, their premier wins this season are against a UCLA team that was ranked at the time that turns out to be terrible and a Utah team that was still kind of figuring out the Cam Rising situation and figuring out what they were going to be doing at quarterback. Other than that, not a ton that's super impressive. The Washington State loss is 
glaring as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they look as good as they could possibly look last week against Stanford. And I think that's factoring in to the lines. And also people have been kind of, you know, waiting on the Washington loss. Um, then the other thing I want to talk about is Washington's cornerbacks. Uh, hmm. I remember when we switched from Jake Locker to Keith Price, you know, it took me like a few games before I realized, oh, I have a positive feeling when I see our quarterback going back to pass now that something good's going to happen versus like, who knows what's going to happen when Jake Locker was back there. Yeah. And like uh, for our cornerbacks right now, I have the most negative feelings in the world. When that ball Whenever goes you... up in the air, I'm like, this is either a completion or it's pass interference on us. Maybe an overthrow. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, the best thing that can happen is the quarterback just misses the throw. Yeah. That, because our guys are incapable of finding a ball in the air. And I don't know if they're like, I mean, it seems like they're being coached just to like chess guard people or something like that. But it's a lot of RDBs with their backs to the ball running into the chest of the wide receiver three seconds before the ball gets there. Yeah, it's not great. Um, defensively, we make a lot of average quarterbacks look pretty good. Which yeah. I think is, we really uh, missed. Uh, and I had some hope earlier in the year before Devon Banks got hurt. He looked like he was playing well. But uh, Jabbar Muhammad, like people like that guy, I've, I've been waiting all year to see it, you know. Like, sure, I guess he's better than Jordan Perryman, but like uh, from last year, but tough, tough to see. Wow. Now on the other side, you got 25, which is uh, not good. Like, <laughs> no, Misha's three. Misha's, a, Misha's, a, no, we're talking Elijah Jackson. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, but both, yeah, Muhammad and Jackson, I don't, I just don't trust them. I think we've, have we been seeing, uh, does Thad Dixon play quarterback? Well, yeah, because they took because they took Elijah Jackson out last week after he missed that tackle and gave up sixty yard completion to Utah, most of it on the ground after the after the catch. Oh, to the safety. Um, yeah, so they took so they took him out and put Dixon in at that point. But then by the end of the half, they had they had Jackson back in because he wasn't Dixon wasn't doing anything either. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Uh... It seems easy enough. You know, it was like particularly galling against USC where like Caleb Williams would just be throwing these balls up and it's like, it's a one-on-one -on -one and you're going to lose it. But just like turn around and find the ball and make an effort. You theoretically have the easier task, which is just like prevent anything from happening. Get your arm in there and make it a mess. But like we don't even find the ball. It's not good, man. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, like I said, Oregon State's bread and butter is running the ball. DJU does not go downfield too often, which should help uh, UW's uh, Wobegon secondary. But, yeah, when he does go downfield, I, I think the expectation that you're laying out is what we all expect, which is to see a, a trailing cornerback come clattering into a receiver who's, like, slowing down to try and catch an underthrown ball, um, and then the, the flag's coming out, and then that's that. And then just the flags and the flags and the flags. Uh, I'll flip it the other way just to get put a possibility out there. We, we haven't seen like a four-quarter Washington game yet this year. Well, Jalen McMillan's going to play a little bit more this week. I mean, if he's out there, there's there's just no secondary in America that can deal with, with him, Jalen Polk, Romo Dunze, and Jeremy Bernard. That's unfair. All four of those guys are top two-round NFL draft picks. Um Jack Westover is actually really good at, at tight end as well. I mean, that from a like from a weapons standpoint on offense, that's like like 
better than national caliber offensive like firepower. Uh, defense might not be anywhere near that, and that w- might be what undoes it, everything. But um, it's the possibility that McMillan's back this week could could really really make UW's offense like legit. Even more just, than I, I hope our coaches are playing up the fact that like we can't jump Florida State at four. Not that that matters at all, you know. But like just playing it up for nobody believes in us purposes. Yeah, yeah. You got to do that. You got to find something to be aggrieved about. Yeah, and the fact that we're we're sitting here undefeated, fifth ranked team in the country, and we're underdogs to the Beavers, you know. Yeah, all it's right. no good. I'm hopeful. All right. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week. I mean, it's basically the bit, you know, every game when you're undefeated is the biggest game of the season. Washington has a super, super tough opponent. It's going to be compelling. Uh, and it's a game absolutely Washington can lose as they could have lost a handful so far this year, but yet to happen. Let's see. All right. That is for this week's eligible receivers for Erica Moore. And thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. 